Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and yes, 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 yes! Sorry, Daniel Bryan, I didn't mean to take that from you. Welcome to Outside the Sheds! Shedheads, think about this for a second. This is week six, round six, of the NRL already coming up. That means we are six weeks in to this journey together down this road. And I can't believe it. I'm blown away. I can't believe that we've already watched six rounds. I can't, or excuse me, five, getting ready to watch the sixth. But the game has been pretty damn phenomenal. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the pace of the game. I've been excited about the pace of the game. Now, I will tell you, with the injuries we've seen mounting week after week after week after week, I do get a little nervous that the game moving so quickly and with the type of athlete that we have in the NRL, if it sets us up for these type of injuries that we've seen. I'm saying the strain on the body. And I know that I think what you're going to see is as the rounds progress and we get about halfway through the season, these guys' bodies are going to be more attuned to the pace of the game. That being said, I think it's very tough for you to even have a preseason or a training session to get you ready for the season that gets you prepared for the rigors of the game and match play at least for the first five weeks of the season. So I think what you're seeing and what you're going to see is as guys get into week seven, round seven, eight, nine, ten, so on and so forth, that you're going to see the body more attuned to the pace of play that we're able to watch. Now, the problem with that is, is that as we've already seen, there are some teams that their seasons are over, even though they've got what, 22 rounds left, 20, you know, 21 rounds left, their seasons are over. And I hate to say that, and I'm not going to say team names, because I think if, if, if you're watching these matches, if you know these teams, if you know the league, I think we already know the teams that are not going to contend, and, and it's because of injury. Uh, one team uh, is in the hunter, and we won't go any farther, and I don't have to say any more. But... Even though we do love the pace the game is played at, I think it's going to come at a cost. And I think it will come at a cost earlier in the seasons and, and, and earlier in the, you know, as the season starts. And I think we have to brace for that. And I think we have to brace for that. Now, none of that talk and soap, sometimes that soapbox just looks so good, I have to stand on it. My ankles feel strong. Had a good ride today. You know, I've got to get off this COVID weight. And I'm bringing you inside the shed, inside my little shed. Right now, it's a little shed. Got a couple windows, some paneling on that. Uh, I've got a tiny fire. Okay, it's not really a fireplace. I just burned something in a tiny little a little cooking tin. Uh, that's my fireplace. But inside this tiny little shed and bubble, your shed Adamus has put on a few LBs. Not anything bad. If I'm standing next to most of you, I still look incredible. But what I'm saying is I am not at peak performance level. No, I'm not. And that's going to change. That's going to change. 
So, as I say that, I say that going into round five and talking with our 4020, talking about this 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 week that we just got to uh, watch together and to take in together. And I think uh, one of the things that makes the NRL and rugby league so beautiful is you just cannot just write teams in as victories. Um, and that you know, in all in all, in all honesty, that's all sports, and that's what makes sports so beautiful. I'm not a gambler. I know we talk about my picks for the week, but I have probably not bet any type of value money wise or money value wise probably since I was. Let me think about this. Six or seven years old. And my dad took my allowance when I bet him that the Rams were going to beat the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's how long it's been since I've actually wagered money. Now, I've bet on myself a number of times, and I've taken things from people when I bet on myself in games we've played, games of chance, that type of stuff, games I had to get to got to put down my physical attributes. But besides that, I, I'm just not a guy. I'm very happy with what I have. And, and even though you can try to, you know, dangle in front of me that you could have this if the price is right. I'm not interested. No, I'm good. Thanks. But I do have a talent at picking things. And we did go 50% this week. But let's go over some of these scores real quick. Starting off the round, uh, the Broncos. Kevy, they go down to the to the Rabbitohs, 35-6. to six. And I, I, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised about that. It, I, I think that there is going to be some lasting, lasting implications uh, for that loss. It looks like we're going to have a change at halves where Anthony Milford is out of the halves pairing this coming week for the Broncos. And we're going to go with the Tom Dearden and Brody Croft halves pairing. And, <laughs> and you're going to start those guys and have, you're going to blood those guys out against against the Panthers, against the Penny Panthers. The Penny Panthers that I'm not going to pick out against again since they cost me my chance of going over 500 this week. What was I thinking? Anyway, um, but that's a tough ask. And I think what you're seeing is Kevy really has no idea what he wants to do going forward with this Habs combinations. You know, he's got Brody Croft who I think no matter how much he might be a team player, I don't think any of us will sit here and say that Brody Croft's going to be a world beater. Tom Dearden is being chased by everybody under the sun. I don't know if he thinks he's a beetle or what, but he's just being chased by clubs that want to make him uh, their their you know halfback, five eighth of the ha- of the future. Uh, and one of those is in an area code that's just a tad bit north of Brisbane, North Queensland Cowboys. And Todd Payton have been looking at him a lot. And then Anthony Milford. And I think none of us, not one of us here in the sheds right now. None of us shedheads will say that Anthony Milford's worth a million dollars a season, like he's getting paid right now. It just, just isn't the case. It was did it, Anthony Milford had all the potential in the world coming out of coming out of uh, the Canberra Raiders? Yes. And did he look good that first season, where a lot of people thought he had a chance of being the Daily M uh, when he led the Broncos to the um, Grand Final against the Cowboys and JT? Sure. But after that point, he's just not been the guy that a lot of people thought that he was going to be. And that just happens. But but it's, his future probably is not going to be with the Brisbane Broncos. 
Then we go to the Seagulls. The Manly Seagulls, who finally got their first victory without Tom Turbo back at fullback, somehow beat the Warriors 13-12 with a DCE kick late to get them that point and get Desi tied with the Tigers with only one win and with the Broncos with only one win. But again, congratulations. I, I, I know how passionate Manly fans are. I sat with Manly fans in the 2013 Grand Final. There's some passionate people, and they don't care if you don't like them. And that's one of the reasons I like Manly, because they don't like you. Manly hates you just as much as you hate them. But that being said, it's tough to see a team with that type of pride that had uh, one of the teams that really got me passionate about rugby league, getting into it, uh, back when Killer was there, and the Venomous Snake, and the Stewart Brothers, and and uh, Georgia Defua was there. Just some great playing. Watmo. I could go on. I'm not doing that. But I'm just saying a team that has that type of passion and that type of history, um, to see them struggle like they have the last couple seasons, it was just good to see them win. But again, it goes back to the Warriors again. Which Warriors team are we going to get it week in and week out? Because they really had a chance to go over the top of a, of a bleeding out manly team and they didn't do it, and they lose, and then more questions come with the New Zealand Warriors. Then we went down to, boy, again, do we need to talk about it anymore? The Penny Panthers 30, the Raiders 10. The Raiders played as well as they possibly could, but man, the Panthers are just a special team. Uh, They're just a special team, and they have no problem jawing with you. They have no problem fighting you. They have no problem running on you. They're just special. And I think we better get used to how special they are. Then the Titans went down and just bludgeoned a Knights team that's undermanned, even though it's good to see Kalen Ponga back. But the Titans win 42-16. David Fafita, is he still running over a Titan somewhere? Yes, 42-16. The Storm beat the Bulldogs 52-18, and it wasn't even that close. (laughs) Wow. I... Trent Barrett, welcome to coaching again. Welcome to coaching again. Because I I don't think I would trade... I would almost trade places in this lifetime right now with with ex-president Donald Trump than I would Trent Barrett trying trying to turn around the Canterbury Bulldogs. The only difference is at least the Canterbury Bulldogs know who they are and the ex-president has no idea who he is. So, that being said, uh, let's go on to the Roosters... And the Sharks, a match that I will tell you right now, might have been the match of the round for emotions and for lasting implications on the NRL and teams going forward. But the Roosters won 26-18 over the Sharks. And we'll get into that match a little bit more. Then we had the embarrassment at Leichhardt. Cowboys 34, Tigers 30. Old Madge McGuire, I don't know how many more times Madge is going to say this just wasn't a Tigers performance. It just wasn't a Tigers performance. That's not, we, we need to be better. That just isn't a Tigers performance. Well, unfortunately, right now, since you can't pin non-tackles on Benji, I don't know what a Tigers performance is supposed to look like. Except for the fact of Luke Brooks looking like a deer in headlights after every match they lose with wondering if he could have done something more. 
And I think that goes back to what we talked about last week. When I said that I think a change of scenery for Luke Brooks and him going up to North Queensland to be with Todd Payton is a brilliant move for all parties involved. For one, it gets money off the books for the Tigers, and then it helps the Cowboys and helps Luke Brooks maybe get a, a rebirth and a rechance and a restart. But that being said, that was an atrocious, atrocious, atrocious uh first half by the Tigers, and some people say that might have been the worst first half of any club this year, and that is even talking about the Canterbury Bulldogs who didn't score forever. And then we finished the round with the Dragons and the Eels. The Dragons 26, Eels 12. St. George, Illawarra, Dragons 4-1. and all right, that's where we're going to start this 40-20 after we went over these score, that score recap. And I'm just going to say it. Are you ready? Sit down, Shedheads. Oops. My bad. Let's say that one time. Oops. My bad. That's right. I am the first guy to admit when I made a mistake. And I will say that. Like Fletch and Heine will do something that we have no idea what the hell those two are doing. I will also be the man that will say I made a mistake. But the good thing is when Mick Ennis and some of these people that think they know a lot about the game, and, and damn it, Mick does know a lot about the game, when they say that they didn't see this coming, I don't feel as bad. Because I will tell you, after watching the Charity Shield and watching round one for the St. George Illawarra Dragons, I thought it was going to be a bludger of a season. I thought that, that, let me put it to you this way, I thought hemophiliacs would bleed out slower than what the Dragons were going to bleed out. And guess what? I was wrong. Because the Dragons and Anthony Griffin, man, they're a physical team. There's been not many teams out there that can go toe-to-toe with Parramatta, punch them in the mouth, outgrid them, and make them tap. And they did. They did that on Sunday night. Um, and this is without Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt is still not playing. And I'm going to tell you something. I like McClune in the halves with Corey Norman. I really like McClune in the halves. You know, he's not that player that you're going to go, well, I just want to build my entire team around McClune. No. But when you see what this guy has, even though he's not that shiny freaking Maserati in your driveway, there's something about a player that just gets up time and time again, makes strong, smart plays, And let's be honest, every time the kid has had a chance to show what he's got, he's shown what he's got, and he's played well. And so I think, you know, I I hate to say this because, like I said, Ben Hunt is the captain there now. Anthony Griffin believes in him. There's a lot of pieces that are coming in. We got Moose that's going to be there. They're saying that, that, you know, that McGuire could be in the starting side for the Dragons this weekend. And boy, I tell you, he's he's sure going to love getting out of North Queensland. But, you know, with Moose in that side, that's only going to make St. George even grittier. And, and if you give McGuire a team that has focus, that has, that's playing with form, and that has a vision, I think you're going to see Moose, you're going to not even remember him in those Cowboys colors in two to three weeks. Because I think he's going to play motivated, He's going to show you something again. 
because he's a guy that plays with an edge and he's a guy that always wants to prove people wrong. But I'm going to say this right now. I've got them I've got them winning again this week and they're a top 4 club right now. St. George is in the top 4. And if they play this brand of footy and they keep going this way, I I don't I can't see why they would be anywhere else. But I think that I'm happy even though it takes him 30 minutes to say a conversation. I'm happy to see Anthony Griffin showing Gus Gould that he can coach. Because it was, didn't Gus say that he really couldn't coach? Well, that's this is some type of coaching. Because if we watched St. George the last couple of seasons and you looked inside their sheds after matches and how downtrodden those guys and those players are, to see how they're singing their team song now and the fire that's coming out of that team and the belief that they have as a team, man, I guess coaching does say something, doesn't it? Next, well, welcome to stardom. Welcome Hollywood, because maybe we should call Sam, maybe we should call him Hollywood Sam Walker, because if that was not a Hollywood performance that Sam Walker put on against the Cronulla Sharks. I, 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 to me, it's the biggest Hollywood performance we've seen in the NRL for a little bit of time. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get a get a little bit of a Hollywood performance this weekend, as Benji has a chance to take out vengeance on the West Tigers, but Sam Walker, Sam Walker put his cape on around the 62nd minute in that match against the Cronulla Sharks because nothing really was going the way of the Chookies up to that point. It was 18-4. The Chooks looked like, you know, that it was over. You know, you got 18 minutes left in the game. And, you know, that's it. And then Sam Walker took his clothes pin put his pillowcase around his neck, fastened that SOB up, and then became the guy that everyone's been talking about as the future of the Sydney Roosters. Because in that last 18 minutes, he had one try and two try assists, one to Brett Morris, one to Daniel Tupo, and all of a sudden now, you're talking about a Sydney Roosters club that has a half because he's he you know what is he 79 kilograms I'm saying he's kilos he's a, he's a little guy he's a little guy little Opie Taylor out there little Opie Taylor but if you watch his bigs around him the what the love that they have for this young man and he's 18 again don't forget he's 18 years old he's special and I don't really like to, to tell that to people. To, you know, that's like saying a young Hollywood actor. I keep calling him Hollywood, don't I? A young Hollywood actor, you know, you're the next big thing. And next thing you know, you know, you find him and he's, got, he's in drug rehab for the next four years. And that's not what this kid's got. This kid's got a moxie to him. He's got a belief in himself. And like I said, I think this always helps when you have family members that have played the game and that have been under public scrutiny before. And that's what Sam Walker's got. He's got that. He's got those soundboards and those pieces for him to throw things off of. He's got a father that can tell him, hey, don't listen to this. Go forward. But, you know, he's got that look about him that he almost doesn't seem like he needs that. He almost seems like that just comes natural to him. You know, he doesn't want to listen to too much stuff saying how great he is. And he's not going to listen to too much stuff that says that he's got a lot to work on. And he just knows to listen to Robbo and to go forward. But 
Wow. What a comeback for the Chooks. That was a victory that could, how should I say, jettison them up the table, even though, again, they're still in the top four. They are the Sydney Roosters. But a belief in that team. And Hutchinson's playing well in the halves, too. So, you know, they've got a big test this week coming up against the Storm and Bellyache and his boys and Harry Grant's back. And it's going to be a tough, tough match. And they've got to go down to Melbourne to get this victory. But I just, man, and I'm telling you something. Are the Morrises, are they the new Benjamin Buttons? They're, are, are those guys not 444 years old, but they're looking like they're 24 years old? Even though they might be the two most hunchback runners I've ever seen in my entire life. But guess what? I guess we all wish we were humpback runners because the Morrises fly and they score tries. Period. End of story. Put a bow on it. Put it under the tree. If your tree's not up, that's your problem because there's a package under it. And it's it's the Brent Morris and Morris Brothers hunchback run to victory. That's what we're going to call it. That's what we're calling it. The, the Morris humpback run to victory. But I'm not picking on anybody that might have a deformity on his upper back or a unique running style. When you're a winner, you're a winner. And I love to watch the Morris Brothers play footy. Now, with my happiness of how well the Chooks played and, and how much we now have Hollywood Walker, I'm also now going to have to talk about the downside. And that downside is that loss put the final nail in the coffin for Coach Morris. John Morris has been shown the door for the Cronulla Sharks. And I'm not going to go into it in too, too, too much detail right now. But I am going to say that I think the Sharks made a mistake here. I think that even though John Morris was never a flashy hire, I think if you look at the young players that are playing at Cronulla right now, and there are 14 players off contract after this season with Cronulla, I think that 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 Coach Morris is a stabilizing force for those guys. And even though players have said there will not be a mass exodus from Cronulla with this move, I think you have a lot of players that are questioning the Cronulla leadership structure, questioning the decision-making process for the people that make those decisions over players' futures, over coaches' futures. And even though it looks like they brought in a good coach, a Robbo disciple in Craig Gibbon, I still it, it's, it still makes you go, huh. Because even though Fitzgibbon is coming from, you know, Trent Robinson's sheds, coming from the winning culture of the Sydney Roosters, that being said, are you really are you really going that much far forward? You're bringing in a guy has that has no idea about your youth program. You're bringing in a guy who's not coached these young men who are now your first grade players, but you're going to bring him in. But you're going to take the voice out of the shed that has got all of these young men into the positions they are in now. To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I've watched that team play with fight. I've watched that team play with hunger. I've watched that team play with resolve. And I think this this is a knee-jerk reaction. I think that I think that the Sharks power brokers wanted a name in place, a guy in place 
that they could say, look at this guy, look where he came from. Look, look, look what he, look, you know, he's got, you know, a lot of that stuff. But I think that they're going to, they're going to regret this decision because I think going forward, it might not be this coming season. It may not be the season after that, but I'll tell you right now. And I've talked about Madge and the Tigers. I think if you're a Tigers fan and you watch what Cronulla's done over the last couple seasons with, with, with John Morris, and, you, and you're trying to build a younger team and get them going, I, I I don't think John Morris would be a bad move to bring into the West Tigers. Now, you know Wolf is still my guy for St. For, 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 uh, Helens. If, if, if I could get Wolf with the Tigers, I'm making that deal tomorrow. But Christian Wolf doesn't want to come to the Tigers probably. You know, he's with the juggernaut. In St. Helens, unless he just wants to come back to Australian shores. But, that being said, I think this is a bad move. And if you hear about a lot of stuff, it sounds like there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that just kind of feels a little dirty. And you just hate to see that. Because you've got a guy that's really bled for this organization, this team, and you really kind of treat him like that. And, you know, John Morris's mom was not happy saying things. And she really said some bad things about the Sharks, the way they handled it. So, and I know you don't you don't mess with Mama's boy. I know all that. But at the same time, it just felt kind of dirty. It felt like there wasn't communication made. Um, and I am a, I, I am a fan of the Sharks. I, I do like their brand of, of footy. I like a lot of the players on that team. Uh, Chad Townsend, uh, I think, you know, Bubba at, at fullback has been a fun one to watch. Uh, Dukes. There's a lot of players in that team that I really, really, really like. Um, but that being said, it's going to be fun watching forward what happens with the Sharks and who takes a chance of bringing uh, John Morris in. Maybe as an assistant coach to start. You know, who knows? Maybe he goes. To, maybe he goes to the Roosters. Maybe the Roosters bring him on. Uh, maybe the Roosters put him back in there to, to take Fitzgibbon's spot for next season. Either way, um, this is going to be fun to watch. But my condolences to, to, to John Morris, but I do think that you will bounce back, and I think you're a hell of a coach. Well, I, you, the next thing, I'll, I, I should just sing this. I don't think I need to really talk about this. Here we go. All right, everybody, sit down. Desi's back, back again. Desi's back, back again. That's all I need to say. I'm done. I, I, do I, I don't even need to say anything more about this topic because the great Desi Hasler is in the wind column. And Manly gets Turbo back this week. So, who knows what else that says, except we can all say it together. Desi's back, back again. And the Manly Seagulls. What do you have in the tank for me this week? And what the heck happened to Dylan Walker? How do you hurt your hamstring by having your shorts pulled down? I want to know that and going full moon fever out on the pitch. I want to know how that happens. Uh, if, if, if anybody who's a medical professional can let me know how getting your shorts or getting to pants can make you get leave the field with that type of injury, I'm all ears. But that being said, Manly, let's see what you got this week. Let's see what you got. All right, shitheads, let's go into round six. Let's go into this upcoming round, and you're, you can get mad at your shed Adamas because I did not do something I always do for you. But guess what? I've given you a project to take home to do for yourself. 
I did not give you the matches that are going to be on TV this week. Because I don't even know what the matches are that are going to be on TV this week for myself. So I can't help you if I can't help myself. But let's go into this. Thursday night, tonight, in a matter of hours, you've got Nathan Cleary and the Penny Panthers going up to Brisby and taking on Kevy's Brisbane Broncos. I've got the Panthers in this one. I think Penny Panthers. I don't think I need to even go any farther than this. Panthers. Friday. Sharks at the Knights at the Hunter. Let's go Sharks with that. Roosters at the Storm. Down in Melbourne. I went back and forth in this because everything, all house money says, Harry Grant's back, Wombat's there, um, Pappenhausen, that mullet's still running. Is he run- I think I just saw Pappenhausen running in my front yard. He's still running. But... I've got the Chooks. I'm going Hollywood. I'm going Hollywood and the Chooks in a victory between 1 and 12 points over Bellyache in the Melbourne Storm down in Melbourne. Saturday, Titans at Sea Eagles. And really, it's not really at the Sea Eagles because it's at Mudgy. But I got to go with David Fafita. I got to go with the Titans, Justin Holbrook's boys. We got Titans in that, even though I still want to say it again. Desi's back, back again. Then we've got the Tigers at the Rabbitohs. I call it the Benji Marshall revenge match. Boy, I'm excited to see this one. <laughs> I'm excited to see this one. Benji got a try last week. Benji made tackles this week. And the Tigers, well, they scored in the second half. David Nafalum, I'm still not used to him without the flowing lettuce up top and the the more uh, Caesarish padded down lettuce. I, I I just don't under I don't know what I'm thinking about that. But Fafitas, you know, but he still gets Nafaluma still gets on the scoreboard. Nafis, you're the best. But are you kidding me? I mean, no, bunnies, 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 bunnies. And listen, David Lindsay, don't give me a hard time about this. I don't care if you are the voice of Outside the Sheds. Stop it. Leave me alone. Rabbitos. All day, all night. Then we go Eels at the Raiders. This one, to me, this to me is the two bullies of the block who are going to meet up to try to prove, how should I say this, whose inseam is the longest. You figure that one out. Eels at Raiders. So you've got a team, an Eels team, that's been humbled by St. George, and you've got a Raiders club that really didn't finish and who just couldn't, how should I say, take it to the Penny Panthers the way that a lot of us thought, which is me, was going to happen. But I'm going with I'm going with Sticky. I'm going with Ricky, and I'm going with the Raiders in that. Warriors of Dragons, listen, I'm going to say this now. I'm going to say this two weeks from now. The grit and the determination the Dragons have shown me, I am all on the Griffin train right now. I'm on it. Listen, that's the worst sounding train in the world, but I am in the back cart right now, getting pulled along. I'm just throwing coal into it right now. I'm throwing coal, throwing coal, throwing coal. Let's go, let's go. Why I'm saying this, Dragons, Dragons, Dragons. And if I can get Moose in there to get a little violent, just to try to mix things up, because you know... Moose going up against that big pack. I'm all, I'm all dragons with that. And then we finish it out with a battle of attrition. 
The War of Attrition up in Townsville. You got the doggies still trying to get that first victory. And you got the cows. Todd Payton's boys. Somehow, (laughs) hear that sound? Falling across the finish line and holding on with their to get their first victory of the season. We're going cows. We're going to defend the fort. That's right. North Queensland wins, gets their second victory. Cowboys over the Yapless Dogs. So that is us. That is our NRL breakdown for this week. Uh, those are our picks. Put them in. Like I said, we went fifty. We went fifty percent. We went four for eight for this last week. Uh, again, you can say, yeah, you picked against the you picked against the Penny Panthers. I know. Leave me alone. But Shedheads, that being said, we're gonna have a good week. This is gonna be a good week, a good weekend of football. It's gonna be fun. So embrace it. Take it in. Let's go. Now, I said this last week about the AFL. I said I have not been able to watch any matches this year. If the AFL wants to contact me and give me a free a free package of, of, of watch AFL, I will accept that. You can find my you can just send me that message in my uh, outside the sheds post. You can just send that to me and I will cash that in. Thank you, AFL. But with that not happening yet, let's just talk a little bit about the great game that is Aussie Rules Football. I told you something. I said that fresh blood was going to be coming this year. I said that back in November. I said fresh blood will be coming this year. I said when the when I watched that St. Kilda Dogs match, I said watch out for the Dogs next season. And guess who's on top of the table? Your Western Bulldogs. The Doggies are just handling people. Handling them. I'm telling you, they, they've, they've, woo! Listen, I'll throw some Fitzroy in there if you want me to. But what I'm saying is the Western Bulldogs look tough. And I'm excited to watch how their season continues to progress forward. Because don't forget, it's only been five years ago they won the premiership. 2016. 2016. That's right, I said it with that high. 2016. Yes. So it's been a few years, but not that many. Because I know there's still some people that are blowing a little bit high in the alcohol department in, for, in Fitzroy because... Footscray. Footscray. I'm sorry. Footscray. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. And uh, the dogs are on top of the table. But let's go over the top four. Bulldogs one. D's two. The D's. Swanee's three. The Bloods. It's good to see the Bloods back up there. And then your four. Your four being your Port Adelaide Power who to me played the match of the round. They got over their demons. Don't forget they got over their demons last year during the regular season. The Tigers owned them in the in the in the uh in the in the playoffs. But Port Adelaide 79, Richmond 77. Again, you know, we know Kachi's not up playing at full full throttle right now. Um, and I think you won't probably see Kachi playing at full throttle till about mid-season. As long as he can stay away from injuries. But Richmond is 2-2 two and two and is in 8th place. Now, do any of us believe that Richmond's going to stay 2-2? Two and two? No, because I told you I still have a Power Tigers final this year. But that being said, I got to say it is so exciting to see young blood at the top of the table. And we see, we're seeing some clubs, you know, I'm saying... 
The Adelaide Crows have come back and shown some life. Um, there's just some really good clubs that we haven't seen competing in the top tiers and fighting for playoff berths like they are uh, right now. So uh, AFL, like I said, just hit me up in the DMs uh, to get me that free watch pass. Either that or sign the damn contract so we can watch you over here in the States. Now enough of me doing that. Let's go into your favorite segment, the guns. Well, this was tough because we I, I went back to three this week. Because there was three players that, to me, that just exceeded and went above and beyond. But my number one gunman this week, my number one gun, Matt Dufty. Two tries, 150 running meters, one line break, two line break assists, two tackle, excuse me, two try assists, and one tackle break. And really was just the Ferrari that kind of kept that engine flowing. For St. George. And I'm going to say something. I know that, that he has signed a deal to play with Cronulla next year. We'll see how that goes with, with, with Johnny Morris being gone. If he tries to flip-flop, who knows. But I, Anthony Griffin is building something. And playing him at lock, the speed that guy's got. Holy cow. But Matt Duffy, what a player, man. What a player. But he's my number one gun of the week. And it was tough because the guy that I had at two and the guy that I have at three on any other week probably could have been my number one gun of the week. But we're going to give number two to David Fafita. I think I just saw David Fafita. Well, wait, Pappenhausen ran, just ran past my window and David Fafita just knocked over my neighbor and stepped on his chest. Okay, well, that being said, David Fafita, three tries, 168 running meters, two line breaks, eight tackle breaks, one hit up, and 26 tackles. Say that. Without a cup of joe in your stomach, if you know what I mean. Without the caffeine pumping through your veins. I don't know. What a week. And I don't think David Fafita is going to fall off. I think he's going to run over, truck people, uh, and make you go, God, do I have to tackle him again for another 22 rounds? Because the Titans will be playing some playoff football this year. And then my number three, the guy, and listen, if you hear anybody else saying this, you know where you heard this first, Shedheads. Outside the sheds, Hollywood Sam Walker. That's right, Hollywood Sam Walker. One try, 79 run meters, two tackle breaks, three line break assists, three try assists, one line break, 15 tackles, 168 kicking meters. Hollywood, that's all I have to say. This guy... If the Roosters continue to play the football they're playing right now and they continue to go up there, and I know that, you know, I know we're saying, and a lot of you will say, this is still the Sydney Roosters we're talking about. They have a lot going for them. They have a lot of players going, blah, 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 blah. I know all of this. But let's not forget something right now. Even though he has a lot of things, you still need that engine. You still need that pilot of the ship. And Sam Walker has shown, Hollywood has shown, that he can be that player. And I think it's going to be fun to watch him be that player for the next 10 to 15 years, really. So those are my those are my three guns of the week. You guys let me know what you think about that. But uh, now as we go, as we as we come and, and start to bring this this episode of Outside the Sheds to a close, let's go outside the bubble. Let's see what all these other nitwits are doing outside of our favorite games. But 
This guy isn't a knucklehead. Hideki Matsuyama. Hideki Matsuyama was won the Masters this weekend, making him the first Japanese man to win a major. And we know that he won that at a place that, how should I say, hasn't been the most inclusive over the years. The Masters. Don't forget, the Masters just recently opened their doors to minorities. Thank you, Tiger Woods. But until the great Tiger Woods went purring and roaring on their golf track, you know, if you didn't look a certain way, you weren't too welcome at the Masters. Eating their high-priced sandwiches. Not a golf guy. I'm going to tell you this right now. Sorry about that, Braithanasta. I apologize. I know you live and breathe the game. But I'm not a golf guy. Never really have been. I don't mind plaid. Just don't have a lot of it in my closet. But it was really cool to see that. It was really cool to see him win that. See him fight back. Because no one really, really... um, challenged him too, too much. And he just played a, 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 a smart tournament and he capped it off with putting on that grass green blazer. But I think more than just talking about golf here, I just want to say congratulations because it's great to see an Asian man win a major and especially to win it there at the, at the Masters. So congratulations, Hideki, and I don't think it will be your last major that you win with that game that you showed. And then I want to finish with something a little bit funny and something I don't think any of us saw coming, but there's been real buzz that Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback of your Green Bay Cheeseheads, I mean Green Bay Packers, has a real shot to be the long-term host for the game show Jeopardy. And if you think about it, you couldn't just bring any actor in there. No one likes Ken Jennings. I don't care if you won a lot of Jeopardy. I don't like you. You're just a smart kid. But Aaron Rodgers, the moxie that he has, the guy followed Brett Favre in Green Bay, was hated by a lot of people up there for following in Green Bay after country left. But to follow Brett Favre and then possibly follow Alex Trebek, I think that he's the perfect guy for it. I think he might be the perfect guy for it. Now, you know, his fiance, Shalene Woodley, she's a Hollywood actress, so I guess a move to Hollywood, California wouldn't hurt the old... And, and you know, we, we all know that Aaron Rodgers is a California kid, so that would bring him back home to, to California, even though I think he was a no-cal kid and not a so-cal kid growing up but if you watch him he's got a real ease with him doing it because I think he's living his dream and he does a good job at it he's very quick-witted he's funny I don't know if I've ever seen his hair that combed in the entire time that I've watched the guy play even when he was back at Cal but you know so you might have to buy, buy a few more combs but really fun to see I'm excited to see if he gets that gig And I'm also excited to see how he's going to do that gig and also be the quarterback for your Green Bay Cheeseheads. At least least his cholesterol level is going to drop down if he moves back to Southern California. That being said, Shedheads, I'm going to bring this to a close. I want you guys to take notes, hit me up, make sure you go on my Instagram page, 
Uh, listen, watch, talk to me, let me know what you're going on because guess what? And I stress this always when I talk about this. Outside the sheds is my voice. It's my blood. I love doing it. I love being here every week with you guys. But it means the world to me that I have you shed, you shed heads. That's right. You shut in shed heads. That's what I was going to say. But we're all shut-ins right now. Come on. It's a pandemic. Leave me alone. But what I'm saying is that it's it, it, it really makes me happy to see people from all around the world uh, who are downloading this podcast, listening to this podcast, want to hear what the Shed Adamas has to say because I have fun doing it. And thank you for listening. Uh, and I can't wait to be back here with you next week. But like I tell you, up until that point, you crazy shedheads, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds. I'm Corey Jackson. I will see ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.